We are recording. It is December 29th, 2022. Trust everyone had a nice um, Christmas. And um, let's see, I don't know what translation that is. That might get you struck this by is, lightning. Uh, uninspired. There you go. There's a. See, I keep my uninspired, my non inspired uh, NIV positive Bible in the case there. <laughs> That's what Chuck Missler called NIV positive. No, Missler did. Um, well, I'll tell you, I mean, I prefer King James, but there are passages you need to look for a little clarity on, and I'll go to Bible Gateway and look at it in different translations. That's all part of studying to show yourself approved, I guess. So um, on the prayer list, Reverend Davis, uh, he's keeping family close. I, I know they need help, uh, and it's good to see he's got folks with him over there. Um, I don't know the latest report and how he's doing. Um, we met, thank you, babe. We met Kathy tonight, uh, Ruth Howard's daughter, just happenstance. I was buying a guitar off of uh, Facebook. She dropped it by and... You know, some we knew some of her people. She knew some of ours. Um, so she has lost both parents, and um, this past year, and had her first Christmas without either one of them. And uh, asked she had asked for prayer. I'm sure it, it hurts. Uh, John and Ruby Vassy and Linda, friends of the study and the podcast. Marcos, salvation for his son. Bella, victory in her fight. That's against addiction. Ethan Atwell, that he might grow. He had stopped growing at age 11. Elon Musk for protection. It's quite evident now that he really is sticking his finger in the eye of the deep state. They can't be happy about this. No. Uh, there's a four, four hour and ten minute... Um, I listened to it all. I'm listening to some of it again. It's a audio podcast on Twitter with uh, Dr. Simone Gold, a couple of the other doctors that were out in front of this whole Rony virus vaccine thing, telling people not so fast, and they got shut down, <laughs> continually shut down. They went so far as to arrest her because she was in Washington on the 6th. She wasn't doing anything, didn't raise a hand of, against anyone or anything. She was just there to show support. I don't know how long they kept her in jail, about six weeks or something, just to, just to irritate. Uh, but um, that Dr. Um, Ryan Cole, Ray, did you watch that? Um, that was interesting. Even from the standpoint of showing that a lot of what some of these people are showing on their microscopes are... Um, are not uh, not even anything to do with the vaccine. That one little spidery-looking thing that was flopping around, Dr. Ryan Cole, I mean, he's a brilliant individual. He says, you're looking right there at, at uh, a piece off of a plant leaf. And he named what it was. He said, whoever made this video was, did not do it in a sterile environment. It's just you got plant spores and stuff floating around. It gets on there. Hey, look at this. This is what's in the vaccine. So he really put some handles on it and gave people who did take the vaccine, perhaps wish they hadn't, gave them some reason to hope, you know, that maybe they got some of those mild doses that really aren't doing anything. 
But um, all of that clotting. Did I tell you the email I got back from a lady at White Gate, Avest? I, I, I was trying to call you the other day to tell you about it. That's why I didn't get through. But um, I just laid it out there. I said, would you look at this video? Because embalmers are the ones that keep seeing this. And even coroners don't see it. But it comes out when they're trying to embalm a body. I didn't know if she'd answer me back or not. But she did. Her name's Susan. I don't, you know, I don't want to mention her last name on here, but um, she t handled the arrangements for my brother when he died. Out at, out at Avest. Vest? Yeah. She wrote back and said, yep, definitely seeing it. She was calling them chicken fat clots and had not seen this before the whole vaccine mess. It's called an amyloid, amyloid clots. Well, they're not good, whatever they are. I talked to the Seabock doctor here in town, you know, the community-based outpatient clinic. Yeah. He knew all about that stuff. They enticed his son to get the COVID shot. They said that he could have the day off if he took that inoculation from high school. And he said, absolutely do not get it. Do not take that. Well, I think most of them are probably not going to hurt you. But how do you know until you've done taking it? If you took it and it didn't bother you, don't take any more. Don't take the boosters. That's what Ryan Cole was saying. He said, don't keep, don't let them do it, it anymore. It doesn't have an immediate effect. It's like a biological time bomb. The bad stuff probably does a little more immediately, but I don't know what to want. The booster is going to wipe out a lot the of people. The boosters are what you don't want. A lot of people. Okay, moving on down the prayer list. Um, um, Ken Kelsch, a Vietnam vet, Special Forces guy. He's looking at my books now. He makes movies. I think I mentioned him last week. But he needs uh, he needs prayer for healing and restoration. And he's been a client of ours too. Uh, been to a class with us. Marta and Charles and Sebring. Our children and grandchildren. Bob's children. Stephanie and Mike. Salvation. Unsaved family members up north. Our country. The folks in Europe. John and Dorothy Wingo, grandchildren. Was that from uh, John? John Park? Did, did he no, ask? Uh, you talking to me? It looks like. Okay, Jerry, you wrote that. Mm -hmm. Eric, Rex, Ted. Talked to Rex the day before yesterday. He's doing pretty well. Oh, good. Yeah. He's pretty close to getting his disability in. And he'll go on a high about that time when he gets the back pace. So you just want to kind of trail along behind and see what he <laughs> pedals off. <laughs> That's me. See what he's got to sell. <laughs> <laughs> Rex. Yeah, been a friend for many years. Um, Ted? No, but I missed two different phone calls from him. So he's still, he's still, you know, able to call me. Um, Hopefully he'll catch me on time, but I can answer the phone. It's usually in the middle of a class or something, you know. Christians, Americans, or persecuted Christians, unsaved family members, pray for him and Judy, and pray for those who've taken that COVID vaccine that, that they could just cry out to God and have the effects of it reversed. I saw a video of a, of a baby they gave a blood transfusion to against the parent's will. Oh, yeah. It killed that child. In two weeks, it's dead. 
terrible. Did they hold as witnesses? I don't know. They don't get them. No, that what was is the parents wanted a pure blood transfusion, oh. not a vaxxed blood. And they gave the child blood that had been subjected to. How do they know if it's tainted? That's a real good question. They might ask the person giving the blood and check a block or something. But They should. Yeah, the hospitals are very adamant about, mm-hmm. we're giving you this. But now Patriot Nurse put something up today, and I shared it on Bang Steel's Facebook and on my own. And, you know, she's been in the medical industry for a long time. And she said, we don't have a medical system anymore. She said, we've got all these, you know, the older nurses are aging out and getting out. And we've got all these young people in there that don't have any compassion for anyone. They don't care. They just do whatever. And uh, she laid it out really well. She said, it's time to start being your own doctor. You know, and uh, pretty much. So, uh, again, prayer for lost loved ones, and um, and so, um, whatever that was, Ray wrote there at the end. God knows, God God might know, (laughs) God might have to put on his reading glasses. Pray for the idiots in Washington. I see that, idiots in Washington. All right, let's join hands. Heavenly Father, God, we thank you for this time of study and meeting and iron might sharpen iron, Lord, with your Holy Spirit leading us. We lift these folks up that have been prayed for tonight and even some perhaps we forgot to add they're on our hearts in this moment. Be with them, be with us, guide us, teach us. We praise you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, open up to 1 Thessalonians 4. It's been a pretty good while since we... Uh, First Thessalonians 4 <laughs> since we did a, a rapture chapter rapture study I should say get that posted up First Thessalonians, First Thessalonians 4 okay. there we go Just going to make sure I'm still recording. Yep. All right. You've heard this over and over and over again. This is the first passage that is appealed to for a pre-tribulation rapture. We can look at some of the reasons why we choose to believe that it's probably pre-trib. But, you know, you don't want to, to, to beat doctrine over somebody else's head. They may have some stuff that you need to look at. So um, this is why we say iron sharpens iron, and we do our due diligence by studying and considering. I think I could teach a post-trib rapture if, if I had to do it. I, I don't personally believe that, but I think I could find enough passages to, to make the case. But the problem is you have to leave some other passages out. The only way you can harmonize... Um, a lot of these scriptures is to uh, realize that the catching up, the being caught up as the bride of Christ, as the five 
wise virgins that had oil will probably look there too in Matthew 25, as opposed to the five foolish ones that didn't. You have multiple times that the Lord will draw people up. You know, at least maybe two. But um, let's let's just read this passage. Verse 13, But I will not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that you sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. Will God bring with him. Don't forget that. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them, shall not go ahead of them, which are asleep. Those who are asleep, they're being referred to as sleeping. The body has been vacated by the soul and spirit. The soul and spirit is with Christ in his presence, enjoying bliss we couldn't even imagine, I'm sure. Verse 16, For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven, He comes down with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. This does not describe Christ putting his feet on the earth. He comes down from the heaven, yes, but he comes into the clouds and his church, those who are with him, who are sleeping in Christ, all gather there. And we will forever be with the Lord. We'll be caught up together with them, with those who have preceded us. And we always talk about us as being, oh yeah, I'll be here when the rapture happens. I'm looking forward to it. Well, you should be looking forward to it, but people have looked forward to it for millennia, people who understood the concept, and most pass away before the Lord has returned to take his church. Um, let's look at Matthew 25. Matthew 24 is a good one, too, 36 through um, about 39. Yeah. Let's do that, then. And then we'll just... Is, I mean, that kind of eliminates... Well, it doesn't eliminate, but it makes it really difficult for the, the post-tribulation uh, rapture because it says that it will come in a day when they're eating and drinking and marrying and giving them marriage. You, you can't believe that post-trib because there's nothing but war and famine and you know all kinds yeah. of destruction. As people aren't going to be eating and drinking and marrying, giving marriage. I can tell you that much. That's right. Uh, Adrian Rogers brought that out during his lifetime. I think he went to be with Christ in 2005. It is worth considering. Verse 36 of Matthew 24. But of that day and hour knoweth no man. Now, what has he been talking about? He's been talking about horrible tribulation. There'll be tribulation in the world in those days except they should be shortened. Verse 22 says, there should no flesh be saved. But for the elect's sake, those days shall be shortened. Hmm, I wonder how they might could be shortened. 
don't know. One of the reasons is because uh, if you calculate, if you miss the rapture and you calculate when the, the seven years is up, you'd know when the Lord's coming back. Well, if he cuts it short, you don't know. No, that's true. That's a good point there. But he says nobody will know that day. Uh, not the angels of heaven, but the Father only. God the Father is the mind of God. Jesus Christ is the visible image of the living God. Jesus Christ is God's body. You can go places in your mind that your body doesn't go. And um, you know things that your, you know, your, your conscious mind even doesn't quite realize. It's not a psychology class, but... Um, Verse 37, but as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage until that day, the day that Noah entered into the ark and knew not until the flood came and took them all away. So shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Uh, keep your place in Matthew. Look at Luke. Uh, so 17. Verse 26. Luke 17 and 26. And as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it also be in the days of the Son of Man. So shall it be also in the days of the Son of Man. They did eat. They drank, they married wives, they were given in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. This happened rapidly. They didn't see it coming. Verse 28, likewise also as it was in the days of Lot. They did eat, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they builded. But the same day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. The same day, it's a sudden event that this judgment happens um, at a time that um, they weren't expecting it. And in both cases, with Noah and with Lot and Sodom and Gomorrah, the righteous were rescued and brought out of that situation. Verse 30 says, Even thus shall it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. In that day he which shall be upon the housetop and his stuff in the house, let him not come down to take it away. And he that is in the field, let him likewise not return back. Remember Lot's wife. Whosoever shall seek to save his life shall lose it. And whosoever shall lose his life shall preserve it. I tell you, in that night there shall... Look, it's a stink bug in here. Yeah, it is. Where'd it go? It's, I it, hate those things. I, I do too. China bug. I like to hear Trump call it China bug. <laughs> it came from China. I bet that bug's sent by the devil. Get in my face <laughs> while I'm reading scripture. He certainly sent a multitude over to my place. Lord of the flies. I'm killed. I don't have any stink bugs. We have two. Back on track. Back on track. I tell you, in that night there shall be two men in one bed. The one shall be taken and the other shall be left. 
Two women shall be grinding together, the one shall be taken and the other left. Two men shall be in the field, the one shall be taken and the other left. And they answered and said unto him, Where, Lord? And he said unto them, Wheresoever the body is, thither will the eagles be gathered together. It's a very, very important detail that you're not going to get unless you're in the King James. There might be another translation or two that gets this right. The NIV gets it wrong. The NIV puts in dead body. Now, the reason they did that is over here, we're just in Matthew uh, um, 24, and um, I need to find... It's in verse 28. He's just finished describing the tribulation. Bad things going down. Tough times. If you're in the field, all this. And then he says, For wheresoever the carcass is, there will the eagles be gathered together. That says carcass in uh, Matthew 24, verse 28. In the King James, that is the correct translation. Carcass is Greek. Toma, P-T-O-M-A. If you want to talk about a dead body in the Greek, it's Toma, P-T-O-M-A. A living body in the Greek is Soma. Soma means body. You've heard of psychosomatic. You make yourself sick. You make yourself hurt because you psycho, mind, soma, body, somatic. It's a mind-body thing. Well, in um, verse 37 of Luke chapter 17, And they answered and said unto him, where, Lord? And he said unto them, Wheresoever the body is, Soma, thither will the eagles be gathered together. Now, carcass, these are being eaten over here. This is, you know, people connect those two scriptures, but they, they're dealing with different, different uh, things in view. It's not until after that that Christ talks about the days of Noah later on in the chapter of Matthew 24. So um, I've heard it taught, and, and it's a real shame because some of these folks should probably know better. And I like I shouldn't pick on David Jeremiah, but I will. He teaches that you don't want to be the one taken. You want to be the one left. And why does he think that? Well, they're asking, where, Lord? Where, where are we being taken? Where are they being taken? Well, they're getting fed to the buzzards. That's where. Wrong. Let's look at Greek again. And this you don't have to be a Greek scholar even though to speak it. You can use Blue Letter Bible or that real expensive program you have, Jerry. What's it called? Uh, well, I don't have that one. I have the cheap one. Sword Search. The, Sword the, Search. The expensive one is Logos. Okay. That's about $1,500. That's a lot of money. Well, you might get a... You might get a plush seat in heaven if you go on ahead and buy that. <laughs> um, you can do this with Blue Letter Bible easily, or with a sword. Um, look at the Greek. You know, uh, look what Greek word is for carcass in Matthew 24, verse 28. Look what Greek word is for body. Here in Luke 17, 37, two different words. One means dead body, this is going to mean living body. This living body is taken where the eagles are gathered together, but give me a moment. You do want to be the one taken, 
because the word taken, the Greek is paralambano. Jesus said in John 14, if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come back in paralambano. means receive, embrace, hold. I'll come back in paralambano. Well, he's coming back here to paralambano. The word's there. You're going to be taken. You don't want to be left. Left is aphemi. And it means rejected, put away. You will see it used to mean divorce, to divorce from it. Interestingly, aphemi is sometimes translated as forgive. We have misunderstood the concept of forgiveness. Jesus doesn't want you to put your arm around the drunk driver that killed your relative and take him down to tavern and buy him another beer. He wants you to quit worrying about it. Quit letting that person or that incident take up space in your head. Get rid of the grudge. Chuck Swindoll said holding a grudge is like drinking poison and hoping somebody else dies from it. Get it, get it off your radar screen. You know, it's strange that someone would compute that being taken has anything to do with something bad because person taken is always on the good side. Yes, and, and the, the Greek here bears that out. But you got to figure out then, they're asking, where, Lord? Well, he says, take where the, wheresoever the body is, there will the eagles be gathered together, and they're in the air before this feast. And, you know, and you ever seen buzzards uh, circling in the air? They got a dead cow, they got a dead deer, they got something. And I don't know, uh, I think they're doing that to attract their buddies. I don't know why they would. They, well, get... I heard that they do that because it's an air thermal, and they're riding the thermal. Well, they're doing it over top of a carcass, and ultimately they'll drop down. They smell that. Yeah, maybe they're smelling it from that point in the air. So... I mean, I guess they smell. Oh, yeah, they just have extremely... Buzzer. Oh, extremely. Turkeys can't smell, though, right? I don't know. I think uh, that's true. The that's what I've can. heard. I've heard that if turkeys could smell, you'd never be able to kill one. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> so, you're being caught up in the air. That passage in Luke 17 and 37 does make sense if you realize you're going to be caught up into the air. And it, it goes along with what 1 Thessalonians 4 says. We will be caught up into the air. Uh, quickly, Matthew 25. Then shall the kingdom, this is at the beginning of the chapter, then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were wise and five of them were foolish. They that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. When the bridegroom tarried, while the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. Everybody did. And at midnight, there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom cometh. Go you out to meet him. You don't disappear from your clothing. You don't vacate the cockpit of a jet airliner that you're flying, like in the movies. You know the cry goes out and you get notice that this is getting ready to happen. So what do they do? Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. 
And the foolish said unto the wise, Give us some of your oil. Give us of your oil, for our lamps are gone out. But the wise answered, saying, Not so, lest there be not enough for us and you. But go you rather to them that sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came. So there's a little passage of time here. Then he comes. And they that were ready went in with him to the marriage, and the door was shut. Afterward came also the other virgins, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Verily I say unto you, I know you not. Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. All that said, go to Leviticus chapter 23. If you really immerse yourself in these feasts, the appointed festivals, the heading in my translation here, there are seven of them. They all have to do with Christ and the church. The Jewish people were selected really to act out what God had planned for all mankind. God teaches through example. You know that uh, the Passover, Christ was the Passover lamb, ultimately. But long before then, they would select a perfect lamb. And They would have to keep it for a couple of weeks to make sure it wasn't sick and didn't have any blemishes. It could not be harmed in any way. And then they would take the lamb to the priest and the priest would say, yes, this lamb is clear of any blemishes. It can be sacrificed for the keeping of the Passover. And all that's described in Exodus. And, uh, you know, you eat the lamb. Uh, You can use a goat if you don't have lamb thought that was interesting but um in in my life i'm 59 i haven't ever tasted lamb yet maybe i will someday or lobster i was afraid i'd like lobster and then i feel compelled lamb sandwiches lamb sandwich yeah they good yeah i can't go i got an ex that works in there can't not do at least that's what I think. Still does. But anyway, back on track. You know, it's interesting in the in the Gospels there. Um, the disciples they were going to keep the feast of Passover, and um, they didn't ask Jesus where the lamb was. They asked him where they would keep the feast, and he told them, "Go to this guy, and he'll show you a room." And not one question: Where's our lamb? It was almost as if on a spiritual level they realized Jesus is the Lamb. Interestingly, uh, this is one of my reasons for thinking Pontius Pilate might end up might end up bumping into the old boy when we get to heaven. He really didn't want to hand Jesus over for crucifixion. He didn't feel good about it at all. He looked at what Jesus was accused of 
and went out in front of the crowd and said, I find no fault in this man. He was in the role of the temple priest when he did that, when he said he hasn't done anything wrong. There's no fault in him. But they wanted to kill Jesus anyway and turned loose a reprobate. Now we have that that spirit alive and well in America today. I when I look on Twitter and on Facebook, these um, people who just think that Kyle Rittenhouse is the Antichrist or something, and uh, that he was judge, jury, and executioner, and he shouldn't have been there, and without a thought to the fact that he killed a child molester who was trying to kill him. He killed a, a man who had been charged for domestic abuse and beaten women who would have killed him. And then the guy that he didn't kill, he shot in the arm. That arm was holding a pistol. That guy, too, was a felon. All three of these people were felons. And um, somehow people are sympathizing with those guys. And Kyle is the bad guy. I'm not trying to equate Kyle to Christ. Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying that they would, would have happily... They would have rejoiced if those guys had gotten the advantage of Kyle and beat him to death, maybe even took the rifle and shot him to death with it. Didn't go that way, and they're angry. They're mad. So, you know, when right becomes wrong and wrong right, that's just another sign. Yeah. So they did that with uh, Barabbas. Barabbas. They turned him loose. Who's his lawyer? Whose lawyer? Rittenhouse. Oh, I don't remember. Can't remember. I thought he was asking who Bear Rabbis' lawyer was. I think it was the same lawyer that uh, handled Nick Sandman's case, I think. Wasn't it? He might have been one of them. Uh, I believe so. I I can't remember his name either. All right, so um, that Passover feast is fulfilled. You know, it, these start out, these feasts, uh, you know, start out with uh, the feast of the Lord, the 14th day of the first month, verse 5 of Leviticus 23. It's the Lord's Passover, the 14th day of the first month. Now, the month starts when the uh, moon is dark, and then the moon starts coming out. And then two weeks later, 14 days later, you have a full moon. That's going to be your Passover. And on the 15th day of the same month is the Feast of Unleavened Bread. Seven days you must eat unleavened bread. That's a picture of something. You um, eat unleavened bread for a week. But not only that, the Jews have to sweep all of the leaven out of their cabinets and um, it's a picture of getting rid of sin. Leaven is uh, the symbol for sin. And so they, they do that. And so, uh, you know, and it ends up in the Feast of the First Fruits. Uh, he waves a sheaf offering before the Lord. Now, Jesus did that. He kept that feast when he went to see the Father. He told Mary, don't, don't, don't handle me. Don't touch me. I've yet to go to the Father. He could not step into the presence of God the Father in heaven. We don't understand everything about heaven, 
But we understand that the Trinity is the Father and Son and the Holy Spirit. We're made in His image. We are body and soul and spirit. Jesus is the body. So um, you can see the entirety of God only in death attached to this life in this plane of existence in this dimension you can't see God the Father and live. That's what he told Moses in Exodus chapter 33. But earlier in Exodus 33, it said Moses, when he went up on the mountain to talk to the Lord, he spoke to him face to face as a friend speaks to a friend. And then you seem to have a contradiction a little later in the same chapter. Moses said, I want to see your face. Or I want to see your glory, he said. God said, you can't see my face and live. But there's a place near me in the cleft of the rock. We've been over this. The rock typifies Christ always. From the, You can see me when you're looking at Christ. John 14, I think it was Philip that said, show us the Father and that will be enough, he said to Jesus. And Jesus said, Philip, have I been with you all this time and you still don't know me? If you've seen me, you've seen the Son, you see the Father. He was trying to help him realize that. That's an important thing to understand with regard to the Trinity. We've talked about how Jesus praying to himself in the Garden of Gethsemane. In a way, I use the analogy of trying to pick a splinter out of your hand. Your body says, isn't there any other way than to use that knife on my skin? And then... Your body submits to the mind. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Go ahead and dig it out. I know it has to be done. So understanding the Trinity correctly is very important to getting doctrine lined up as it should be. So um, the Feast of the First Fruits when he went to see the Father, right? And then there's another feast, and it's going to be Pentecost. And... um, it's 50 days after that particular point in time. And uh, you make the bread for the Feast of Pentecost with leaven. Now we know that's the only bread that's in any of these uh, feasts that is mentioned that it, you should make it with leaven. Well, of course, because it... Uh, Verse 17, you shall bring out your habitations, two loaves, two wave loaves of two-tenth deals, and they shall be of fine flour, and they shall be baked with leaven. They are the first fruits unto the Lord. Well, the church, we do have sin, don't we? We're not, we're not sinless creatures, not in this, in this realm of existence, we're not. So 50 days later, you know, Pentecost... And the Holy Spirit came down, as Jesus said, that uh, he would leave with us the Spirit. And so he did. There are three more feasts. They are fall feasts, and they, too, have to do with Christ and the church. This is my theory. not per se teaching this as doctrine, but you might want to study it and consider it yourself. You've got the Feast of Trumpets. Rosh Hashanah, Jewish New Year. 
Then you, and you've got right after that the Day of Atonement to Yom Kippur, and then the day after, and, and then uh, after that, Tabernacles. So Rosh Hashanah, they blow trumpets. I think of at midnight the cry rang out. Rosh Hashanah is a picture of the truth coming to the church to make yourselves ready. Trim your lamps. The bridegroom's coming. Most people teach Rosh Hashanah is the rapture. That makes it tough to sequentially fulfill the next two feasts, Yom Kippur and uh, Sukkot or Tabernacles. The fall, the spring feasts were fulfilled back to back, right? In the same year. The fall feast, I believe, will be on one particular year. We'd like it to be 2024. That makes sense. But I think these events will happen during the time these feasts are being celebrated. Just like when the Jewish people were celebrating Passover and, and unleavened bread and first fruits, and then, you know, just when that was going down, that's when Christ fulfilled those at that same calendar timing. I believe at the same calendar timing, he will fulfill Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, and Tabernacles. Rosh Hashanah, they blow the trumpets, they celebrate. It's a, it's a new year. It's a new, it's the beginning of something new. <laughs> and then uh, the, the next one after that, the days of all, uh, that you hear them called um, Yom Kippur. What are they doing? They're sackcloth and ashes. They're repenting. They're praying. They're making everything right that they possibly can because they're making themselves ready for tabernacles when they will be taken into their little rooms. And Jesus was speaking in... John chapter 14, he says, In my Father's house there are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. That sounds strange. You know? That'd be like me saying, Ray, I'm going to come over after a while and I'm bringing a dozen donuts. If it were not so, I would have told you. That doesn't make any sense, does it? But it does make sense when you understand the mindset of the disciples who had read Isaiah 26 and had seen where it said, Go, my little children, and shut yourselves. Let's look at that now. Why not? Maybe keep your place in... Well, I think I'm done with Leviticus 23. Let's go to Isaiah um, 26. 26. You see the disciples, I guess most of them, Um, we're quite familiar with the Scriptures, the Old Testament Scriptures as we call them now. This is a nice passage. Verse 19, The dead men shall live together with my dead body, shall they arise. Awake. Now, why would, why would he say my dead body? Well, 
Because that's what he did. He died for us. Awaken, saying, ye that dwell in the dust. For thy dew is as the dew of herbs, and the earth shall cast out the dead. The dead in Christ shall rise first. Come, my people, enter thou into thy chambers, and shut thy doors about thee. Hide thyself, as it were, for a little moment, until the indignation be overpassed. His people go into their rooms and hide themselves until the indignation be overpassed. Verse 21, For behold, the Lord cometh out of his place to punish the inhabitants of the earth for their iniquity. The earth shall also disclose her blood and shall no more cover her slain. Tribulation, right? Where are his people during this time? They're hiding in their chambers. They're hiding in their rooms. I do want to go back to Leviticus 23. Because, um, now if you didn't necessarily need to turn there, I'll just read what I wanted to. You get to, uh, after this repenting and sackcloth and ashes and prayer and, and going around and making amends with anyone that will possibly allow you to do that, the next feast is Tabernacle. Verse 34, Leviticus 23. Speak unto the children of Israel, saying, The fifteenth day of this seventh month shall be the Feast of Tabernacles for seven days unto the Lord. Seven days. You have this day for a year principle laid out in the book of Numbers, and it shows up again in um, Ezekiel. But there's a seven here. There's a period of seven that they're going to stay in these uh, little booths, little rooms. Okay, so you got these seven days coming up. Verse 35, on the first day shall be a holy convocation. What are you doing, Turbo? No more steak bones in here. You shall do no servile work therein. That's the first day. Seven days... You shall offer an offering made unto made by fire unto the Lord. On the eighth day shall be a holy convocation unto you, and you shall offer an offering made by fire unto the Lord. It is a solemn assembly, and you shall do no servile work therein. These are the feasts of the Lord, which you shall proclaim to be holy convocations, to offer an offering made by fire unto the Lord, a burnt offering and a meat offering, a sacrifice and drink offerings, everything upon his day. Beside the Sabbaths of the Lord and beside your gifts and beside all your vows and beside all your free will offerings, which you give unto the Lord, also in the fifteenth day of the seventh month, when you shall, when you have gathered the fruit of the land, you shall keep a feast unto the Lord seven days, On the first day shall be a Sabbath, and on the eighth day shall be a Sabbath. And you shall take you on the first day the boughs of goodly trees, branches of palm trees, and the boughs of thick trees, and willows of the brook, and you shall rejoice before the Lord your God seven days. Hey, Turbo, we don't need your input. Go back to the Psalms. 
It's Psalm 7, I think. Proverbs 7? Proverbs 7, yeah. We'll look at that. That's full moon. Full moon, that's the 15th. Yes, the 15th. Tabernacles will occur on a full moon. Um, You'll find it's in Proverbs 7. She's trying to lure the the young man into a bad place and uh, get get him come to her bed and do wrong. And she says, my husband's gone on a long journey and taken a lot of money with him. And he will not come back until the full moon. Now there's a place where the NIV does interpret Kesah exactly as it is. Uh, the King James is perfectly fine, of course. It says it will not come back until the time appointed. But Kesah does mean full moon. Full moon equates to tabernacles. And that's when the tabernacle feast begins on the full moon which could we, could we argue that that is when the Lord takes the church? I think so. And you shall dwell in booths seven days. All that are Israelites born shall dwell in booths. That your generations may know that I made the children of Israel to dwell in booths. Sometimes it's called the feast of booths. When I brought them out of the land of Egypt, for I am the Lord your God, the entire life on this earth is often called Egypt you know, secular humanism and government, Egypt. So he brings them out of Egypt and keeps them in a place seven days in their own room. Verse 44, after he says, I'm the Lord your God, and Moses declared unto the children of Israel the feasts of the Lord. So, um, What you have, you know, in um, Revelation 3 is you seem to have a church that may not make the rapture. Lay of the That's the Lay of the Sea in church. Now, of course, Philadelphia, he, you know, he had nothing, no condemnation against Philadelphia other than that they'd become weak, but you will after a while. But he tells them in verse 10, the church of Philadelphia, because thou hast kept the word of my patience, I also will keep thee from the hour of temptation which shall come upon all the world to try them that dwell upon the earth. This was referred to in Isaiah 26. It's referred to throughout the Bible, Old Testament, New Testament alike. There is a time coming that mankind will be judged. But... For the, this church, I'm going to keep you out of that. <coughs> I'm going to keep you from having to endure it. Verse 12, Him that overcometh will I make a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall go no more out. And I will write upon him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, which is New Jerusalem, which cometh down out of heaven from my God, and I will write upon him my new name. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith to the churches. Revelation 3, verse 5, He that overcometh the same shall be clothed in white raiment, and I will not blot his name out of the book of life, but I will confess his name before my Father and before his angels. This book of life appears to be the book of the living. Anyone who was ever given a soul is in that book not everyone in that book 
will continue into heaven. And you have your folks like your Pentecostals and some Church of God <clears throat> teaching that you you can lose salvation. You can backslide and lose your salvation. Because you have to be an overcomer. You've got to overcome. If they do that to you, if they take you there, you take them to First John, and I think it's 5. <clears throat> it is somewhere in First John 5. Verse 4, For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world, and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Who is he that overcometh the world? but he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. If you're a Christian then, you can't be a Christian without believing Jesus is the Son of God. If you're a Christian, you are by default an overcomer, right? Right. And also it says uh, we are more than conquerors, and that also means overcomer. Oh, good, good. Well, the church of Laodicea, not in too good a shape. Verse 15, he says, I know your works, you art neither hot nor cold. I would thou wert hot, cold or hot. So then, because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. <coughs> because thou sayest I am rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing, and knowest not that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. That's a bad state for a church to be in. Wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire, that thou mayest be rich and white raiment, that thou mayest be clothed, and that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear, and anoint thine eyes with eye salve that thou mayest see. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Don't forget that. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in to him and will sup with him and he with me. To him that overcometh, I will grant to sit with me in my throne, even as I also overcame and am set down with my Father in his throne. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith to the churches. You don't want to be spewed out of his mouth. You don't want to be a foolish virgin with not enough oil, no oil maybe, to uh, light your lamp. And with all those things considered, there's, there's a passage in Luke 12, it's been two or three years since I visited this, Luke chapter 12. Very interesting. You know, when the, the, the virgins that had the oil, they went into the wedding, which in the Greek, that's the wedding supper. And you will see some translations correctly say they went in to the wedding supper. Uh, he's telling some people here to be watchful. Verse 35 of Luke 12. Let your loins be girded about and your lights burning. Let's just stop there. Be dressed and ready for service and your lights burning. 
the Laodicean church wasn't dressed. They were naked. Whose lights wouldn't burn? The foolish virgin's lights wouldn't burn. He's telling a group of people here, get dressed and get your lights to burning. And you yourselves like unto men that wait for their Lord when he will return from the wedding, that when he cometh and knocketh, he told the Laodicean church, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. That when he cometh and knocketh, they may open unto him immediately. To me, it sounds like he's addressing a segment of people, maybe they're friends of the bridegroom. But it doesn't sound like they made the rapture. It does not sound like it. Because he says, be like somebody waiting for your Lord to return from the wedding. You didn't get to go. Does that mean they're condemned to hell? It doesn't. When we enter into the millennial age, we've got a thousand years. We will have been resurrected with glorified bodies. However, there will be a lot of Jewish people, a lot of Hebrews, that 144,000, and many say that's just the, the heads of those families. They'll have wives, and they make babies. We are entering into an age that uh, is described in Isaiah 65, I think. You know, if you get a new car, is that the last car you'll ever have? I don't know. I guess it depends on how old you are, but maybe it's not the last car you'll ever have. So then you're going to get another new car, right? You get a new car. Well, you know, new to you at least. We never buy new vehicles. Can't afford it. <laughs> no, we pay, pay cash for our vehicles, and the Lord has blessed us. Um. This is a new heavens and new earth, but it's different. You'll see in a couple of ways why it's different than the new heavens and new earth at the end of Revelation. This is the new heavens and new earth at the beginning of the millennial age. In Isaiah 65 and verse 17, For behold, I create new heavens and a new earth, and the former shall not be remembered nor come into mind. But be ye glad and rejoice forever in that which I create. For behold, I create Jerusalem a rejoicing, and her people a joy. And I will rejoice in Jerusalem and joy in my people, and the voice of weeping shall be no more heard in her, nor the voice of crying. There shall be no more thence an infant of days, nor an old man that hath not filled his days, for the child shall die a hundred years old, but the sinner being a hundred years old shall be accursed. He goes back to the pre-flood. Yeah, it seems to, and how long you live. Verse 21, And they shall build houses and inhabit them, and they shall plant vineyards and eat the fruit of them. They shall not build and another inhabit. They shall not plant and another eat. For as the days of a tree are the days of my people, 
and mine elect shall long enjoy the work of their hands. Doesn't say forever, does it? And there is in view here death still. But remember at the end of Revelations, death and hell are thrown into the lake of fire. Death and hell are abolished. Verse 23, They shall not labor in vain, nor bring forth for trouble. The women will not have pain in childbirth. Well, we got babies being born here again in this new heavens and new earth by human people, human mothers. For they are the seed of the blessed of the Lord and their offspring with them. And it shall come to pass that before they call, I will answer. And while they are yet speaking, I will hear. The wolf and the lamb shall feed together and the lion shall eat straw like the bullock and dust shall be the serpent's meat. They shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain, saith the Lord. He is sitting on the throne in Jerusalem. We see King David at this point in history, history to come, I guess you could say. It's been recorded, right? King David is a prince again. He's not called king because the king of kings is on that throne. And you'll see that referred to in Ezekiel 37 when Israel is prophesied to come back as a nation. That's if Yeah, I always know when I hear that it's turbo scratching an itch because if someone was knocking, he would detonate. Yeah. He just does. Just, just explode. I haven't thought about it. I'll look into it. But everything, when you have the right take, everything fits, everything lines up. I've used the example before that Weber Genesis grill that Flying J gave me for a safety bonus or something. That was a $1,000 gas grill. And, um, oh, I don't need this instruction book. And I just sat down in the driveway with my screwdrivers and wrenches and I just started putting pieces together. And I got darn nigh done and there was something that wasn't going to fit. There was something, there was no holes for the screws to go through. It was the pan that held the uh, ash or whatever that come from the, what runs off of the meat when you're, if you put, you could put wood chips in there and give it a different uh, flavor. So I had, I got to look and I had reversed two pieces. And um, so I had to go back and take it apart. But when you have the pieces in the right order, you don't run into these weirdnesses which you have to just explain away and dismiss away. And how about them bears? You know, don't want to talk about the Bible here anymore. You, you need to make sure that your truth model is forever growing in the right way. And if you find a scripture that negates a portion of your truth model, Guess which one is wrong? You need to change your truth model. You need to adapt and learn, and <clears throat> and we should always be doing that. When we're told to study to show ourselves approved, it didn't say study up to a certain age, and then you're off the hook, you graduate. <laughs> I have a feeling we'll study the Word of God through eternity. I believe it's that deep. I believe it's that awesome. I believe we'll be shown dimensions that... 
we didn't even know were there. Some computers are taking the uh, original Hebrew and finding equidistant letter spacing. Um, the Bible code, you mean? Bible code. Um, Sir Isaac Newton, Bible-believing Christian, loved the Word of God, wrote more about Scripture and prophecy than he did about science. They don't tell you that in college, though, because, well, goodness, that might turn you into one of these Christians and, and, and you know, we can't be transgenders anymore. Um, We've got to leave that out of the, out of the curriculum here. Uh, Newton, uh, he found that. He said, if you count 50 letters starting in Genesis, you, you begin to see Torah. 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 Every 50 letters, it repeats all the way through the end, does it again. And Exodus, they did not initially see it in, uh, I guess it was uh, Numbers, but they saw it in Leviticus and they saw it in Deuteronomy. And um, come to find out they were looking for the wrong uh, word when it got to to Deuteronomy, uh, when it got to Numbers. I'm sorry, when it got to Leviticus. (laughs) What they found in Leviticus was the name of God. Yudavavhei, that scripture on the clock up there, that's God's name in Hebrew from the right to the left. Also, Genesis and Exodus pointed center, pointed to the center, pointed to Leviticus. Deuteronomy and numbers in Deuteronomy pointed back, and so you had to look, you had to go from the end every 50 letters and count to find that Torah, Torah, Torah over and over again. It was a Japanese war movie or something like that, wasn't it? I'm sure that's probably not what they were talking about. means attack. Yeah. Well, they were both seeming to point to the name of, of God the Father on that same equidistant letter spacing in Leviticus. So what does that do? I'll tell you what it does. It shows us that the scriptures preserved with the Dead Sea Scrolls are the right words. So if you had changed one jot or tittle, right? It wouldn't work. If you change one jot or tittle, the whole thing doesn't work. But it does work. Then they began now in the age of computers to find depth. Like if you wrap the, the scroll around and around in some certain way and, and you see these connected words and things. I'm not sure I completely buy all of that, but it could be. But we serve an awesome God and we don't know, we don't have a faintest idea of what he has for us. Paul said, I hasn't seen, ear hasn't heard. Okay. A little over an hour. Is everybody good? We need to answer any questions or Okay, let's uh join hands. I'll look at it. Forrest, I want you to close us. Thank you, God, for this this day. Thank you for all your many blessings. Please forgive us of our sins and, and help us to do right in your eyes. Thank you that we can study together and learn from your word as a group. Thank you that we have the freedom to do that. 
just please preserve that for us and, and just give us the strength we need to go through whatever times may be ahead. Be with everyone on the list tonight and just remember all the families mentioned in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.